Judas Priest, Pantera, and Rainbow members joined forces in new heavy metal supergroup, Elegant Weapons. Dave Snake Sabo says Skid Row couldn't go on with singer ZP3. Michael Sweet doesn't believe Striper will get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame while he's still alive. And we return to the House of Avon as we discuss the King Diamond album, Conspiracy, coming up. This is the Plug Podcast. I am Bushy on the other side of the camera. That is my brother, Metal Mike. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, brother. How you doing, man? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, could, I could be a lot worse, and you know that outside of this nonsense. Right, right, but right. I, I, I finally bit the bullet. I'm not a horror fan at all. The shit scares me. But I finally bit the bullet and started watching some horror movies. Um. Went lighthearted at first. I, I had never seen Krampus before. Can you believe that? So I watched Krampus. Not scary. Fun. Definitely fun. And I didn't see that ending coming. It's like, what? Everybody had to die? Why? How does everybody die? <laughs> There's not a horror movie on the planet where everybody dies. <laughs> you know? 
But then I watched Terrifier because I saw a story come across about uh, Terrifier 2 theaters are having to give out like barf bags because people are throwing up at the gore and uh, some are even passing out. And I was like, huh. So let me see this first one and see what's so gory about it. And I'm watching it. And okay, first of all, the, cr the, the clown is creepy as fuck. <laughs> That's got to be the scariest goddamn clown I've ever seen. Pennywise, my ass. This guy was scarier. But I... It had the most brutal kill I have ever seen in my life. And it had this smoking hot chick hung upside down, legs spread. And he goes up to her with a fucking hacksaw. It goes right between her legs, <laughs> right about clit area, and starts sawing away. Dude. <laughs> and I'm like, this is going to be the most brutal thing I've ever seen in my life. It was a good one. So now I'm watching a movie that came out before that called All Hallows Eve, where that clown's featured. It's not as good as Terrifier was, but now i got to see Terrifier too. So I guess you could say I'm kind of officially into season. I'm never into Halloween at all, but I'm like, fuck it. I'm out in the sticks and I got my pistol. I don't care. <laughs> right I need to watch some scary movies. Okay. Can I be honest with you? I've not seen any of those films. Oh, Terrifier? I, it's Check funny it about me. I, I like horror I do. I'm a horror fan. But I'm kind of selective about my horror. I don't want to sound like a snob, but like what you described, I'm like, well, that's just gore porn to me. Now, that doesn't mean I don't enjoy gore porn. Mm -hmm. Let me throw that out there. But I don't know, man. I just, I like the more supernatural, spooky shit, man. Right. You know what I mean? John Carpenter once said that if he'd have known that Halloween was going to spawn as many imitators as it did, he goes, I probably would never have fucking done it. Ain't that fucked up. Right. And But the one thing I'll give him credit for, not only is he a great film director, but he did most of the soundtracks for his film, and that fucking theme for Halloween is just classic, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, you got to give him credit. But, um, but no, I mean, like, I'm, I, you know, my, my favorite horror films are more like... Um, uh, I like the spooky shit. I like the supernatural type stuff, man. Like, I thought the Conjuring movies were pretty cool. Um, I like, of course, The Exorcist and, you know, all the classic ones. Um, American like, Werewolf uh, in London is one of my favorite horror movies. I like that one. Uh, the Exorcist still scares me to this day. I can't watch it. Um, it, it at night. I can't watch it at night. And I don't care. I'm almost 50 years old. I'm a bitch. I'm not watching that shit at night. <laughs> Hey, you know um, what? You know who you know who won't watch horror movies. Who's that? My my co-host Bildo, man. He gets nightmares. He will not watch scary movies, dude. But it's weird with him because sometimes he'll like. I'm I'm like, but dude, you watch The Walking Dead? He goes, yeah, but they're slow and they're dumb, and I'm like, okay, but but yeah, he doesn't like like he would never watch The Exorcist. Um, I think Fuck, he watched. I, I couldn't watch The Walking Dead just before bed. I would have to spend the next three hours watching comedy. Because I'll get nightmares too. I'll have bad dreams. I'll oh, call okay. Them, well, he. I call really them Kafka him. dreams. He um he re it really affect like he watched uh, this was years ago but uh, when he was with his ex man one of his exes they rented the ring. Oh, and, that's scary as shit. And it freaked him out, and he kept waking up with nightmares throughout the entire night. So much so that his girlfriend said, "I am never watching another fucking horror movie or scary <laughs> movie." ever again you know and he's just like i can't help it like he does so he you know, bill's got this vast dv and blue, dvd and blu-ray collection but bro there's very little horror in it you right know? There, there's certain things like he doesn't 
vampires don't seem to bother him too much, but even then, it's got to be like certain types of vampires. Like, he probably would never watch Fright Night, you know, or something like that. But he'll watch. He'll watch Fright Night. The vampire. Fucking, Fright Night's cheesy. I, Interview scarier. I love it. Yeah, yeah, he likes to interview the vampire. He likes to interview the vampire show, but he's just, he's real like, like, you know, I told him, I was like, dude, Fright Night, even American Werewolf in London is got funny moments, obviously, because John Landis. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious, I think. But, um, oh, my God, dude. I mean, come on, when he comes back to dead, from the dead, and yeah. he tells his buddy, Debbie Klein cried a lot. Now, she's so grief-stricken that she <laughs> runs to find solace in Mark Levine's bed. Mark? Levine, an asshole. Life mocks me even in death. I mean, that is just brilliant, brilliant writing, man. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's like, that's the way it would... I love that part where he goes, I'm surprised how many people were at my funeral. Why should you be surprised, Jackie? We're very well like a... Yeah, I was, wasn't man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's a that's a fun show. I saw that one really great young. Movie. Yeah, that's uh, a great movie, man. Because it's got everything. It's, there's laughs, but there's a lot of heart. Yeah. I mean, you feel for the guy, man. Especially when he tells him when it's going to happen. He starts crying and shit. He's like, please don't cry. You know, like, I'm sorry. I got to be the one to tell you this. Right. But, you know, it was, yeah, it was a good movie, man. One of the best non-CGI werewolf oh. transformations ever filmed. Oh, for sure. for By far, man. I mean, it's... It, practical effect. and see that's why it's funny though because you'll have these new movies where they think everything's cgi and i'm like you would be surprised how many films still use practical effects for certain things and then they use cgi for other things right i think it depends on the subject matter with horror i think practical effects work more than the cgi for, for in my opinion but when, when you're doing a comic book movie like fucking the avengers of the justice league you gotta have cgi yeah. i'm sorry you have to. Well, yeah, because people don't fly. They don't shoot anything out of their eyes. <laughs> you know. Right. And, 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 you know, unless you want it to make it look totally fucking cheese dick. But I've been having a good time with it. Uh, to go back to The Exorcist, um, that first one, I, I think that's the most terrifying thing ever put on screen. I think it's the greatest horror film ever made. I would agree with that because it's the most terrifying thing ever put on screen. Um, and again, practical effects. Uh, Exorcist 2 is okay. I enjoyed... Uh, I didn't really care for it. It had its moments, but... Like it I was... said, it's it's okay. I enjoyed 3 with George C. Scott. I liked it, you know, which was based on the book by the guy who wrote the Legion. Nice. That was a good movie. And I liked uh, Exorcist the beginning that went back to his first exorcism. That uh, You know there's two versions of that, though? Are there? Because I like Exorcist yes. the beginning. Well, the other one, I forget what they call it, but it, that was going to be the movie... And I guess somebody at Warner Brothers was like, yeah, no, this ain't going to fly. Like, if we're going to do this, you know, we got to do it right. So they redid the whole movie, man. Got a different director. It's a totally... Same actors. Right. And they put the other version out, but I forget what they called it. But um, Yeah, because the beginning was really good. Yeah, I, well, I went to the theater with my dad to see that, man. And, uh, yeah, I liked it. It is funny. And I thought... I thought they picked the perfect guy to play a younger Father Marin. I agree. They, he did a real good job. And I tend to like these stupid exorcism movies to an extent. Anyway, and that's the most scary thing in the world to me. I mean, I grew up in the church. So I guess in the back of my head, it's always sitting there. You know what I mean? 
You know, I got an expression for that. You, you. you can take the you can take the boy out of church, but you can't always take the church out of the boy. Deep down, even with me, it's still there. Yeah. Deep down, I you mean, be questioning I, shit, you know? Because yeah, I, I I do, but the at way the same my, time, the way my dad said it is, he says, if people could get possessed in biblical times, why couldn't they get possessed today? <laughs> And the idea of someone taking control of you and your body. That is fucking terrifying. Yeah, dude. But Dad was always good for a laugh, man. Um, And and you reminded me of it when you were talking about The Ring. Um, I didn't know he was watching this movie. I'd already seen it and knew it was scary as shit. But decided to call him one afternoon. Yes, afternoon, because my dad, like me, is a wuss. (laughs) (laughs) We watch these things in the daytime. (laughs) Otherwise... You're running up the electric bill because every fucking light in the house is on. That's hilarious. So I call him, and apparently what happened on the other end of the line is him and Ellie, my stepmom, are watching The Ring. And the phone rings on the fucking TV, and the phone rings right next to Dad, and apparently he came out of his damn skin, almost fell out of his chair. I was like, oh, God, I wish this had been videotaped. <laughs> yeah. Because I couldn't have planned that phone call any better. Yeah, well, I went to the theater um, with my dad. My dad took me and um, Jay, my, my really good friend Jason Hammonds and some of us. And we had lost a close friend of ours uh, about a week before. And we were pretty down in the dumps. And I think Dad wanted to cheer us up. So he said, hey, guys, let's go see a movie. And he goes, I'm buying. So... We get in the car with him, and we go see the rain, man. And wow. on the way out, we're like, man, it's fucked up, Dad. It's a fucked up movie. Like, you're looking at a dead man. So many seven days or six days, whatever the fuck yeah. they say. Seven days. But when I bought, when I rented the movie on DVD, they actually had a section in the DVD. You know how they got the menu and everything. Yeah. And they had, where they showed that video of the girl and all that, just like it is in the film. Ugh. And I'm like, God, this is creepy. And my fucking phone rang right after it fucking. <laughs> um, right after it got done, I'm like, oh my fucking God, what the fuck is this bullshit? This is some bullshit. And then the voicemail comes up and it's like, Michael, it's your father. I'm like, oh my God, Dad, you scared the shit out of me. <laughs> right. And then I told him what happened. He's like, that's funny. Oh, yeah, that's no, it ain't. I don't really spook easily, but that was like, why in the fuck? Like, yeah, somebody somewhere out there is a comedian. Man. Oh, I get the heebie-jeebies easy. I am, I apparently I have good fun to take to the haunted house, and I just mean the one the idiots put on in their homes and shit, you know? Because I'm the guy screaming and hollering and fucking jumping out of the way. That's hilarious. I, I just I I don't like to. I like to be scared every bit as much as I like to be hit. Which is less than not at all. <laughs> but that's why it's so interesting that I'm kind of into the Halloween mode this year. Which fits well, in because this is our Halloween show. We'll get into that later on. What do you think? Get into some metal news? Sure. Alright, let's do that. Alright, so yeah. This came across Blabbermouth. And I hadn't heard anything about it. Uh, which is why I picked this story in particular. Uh, Judas Priest, Pantera, and Rainbow members form supergroup called Elegant Weapons. This is uh, Richie Faulkner, Rex Brown, Scott Travis from Priest, 
and a singer Ronnie Romero from Rainbow and MSG. Um, hmm. Their debut album, Horns for a Halo, produced by Andy Sneap. I'm not familiar with the name, but I, I don't know producers. Andy Sneap? Oh, great. Well, he's the guy that produced, let's see, he's produced um, uh, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the last few Overkill albums. Uh, he, re- he produced the last Judas Priest album. He actually is the guy that took over for uh, uh, Kate, was it not KK Dan, uh, Glenn Tipton for right. the tour. Um, he produced a lot of Accepts albums. I mean, he's one of the best producers going right now, in my opinion. Nice. Well, apparently the album's done. It's going to arrive in spring 2023. Nuclear Blast Records. Right on, man. Uh, what's the name of the band again? Elegant Weapons. Two words. I'm going to look that up, man. I'm going to be on the lookout for that. Just for the talent level alone. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a heavy metal smorgasbord. And then if you go to Sing for Rainbow, you've got to have... Right, right. Um, and, of course, MSG. So it's a bunch of old guys get forming a fucking yeah. super group. <laughs> yeah, this guy's in a bunch of different bands, too. Not only is he a producer, but he's in Sabat, Hell, and Fozzie since 2008. Or maybe he was in Hell and since... Nice. Yeah. He, uh, like I said, man, his fucking producers, man... As far as like producing is crazy, um, Exodus, another lesson in violence, which is a live album. Napalm, Death, Machine Head, The More Things Change. Uh, um, let's see, uh, Testament, The Gathering. He was involved in that. I don't know if he was a producer. Some of this is mixing or assisting, but uh, Creator, Violent Revolution, Arch Enemies, Wages of Sin, Fozzy, Fozzy. Um, Let's see here, as a pro- yeah, I mean, just it's just endless, dude. He's been he's he's produced Megadeth's United Abominations. He was involved in that. He was involved with uh, Exodus, the Tro- Atrocity ex- Exhibition Exhibit A. Yeah, he's he's produced the last few Exodus albums as well. Maybe it was him and not. Nice. Um, oh, I thought he did some some for Overkill, but I could be wrong. Uh, a lot uh, he did, um, except Stalingrad. He did Saxon Sacrifice. Um, yeah, Blind Rage, Exodus, Blood In, Blood Out. Yeah, so this yeah. guy's obviously embedded in the heavy metal community. Yeah, he's uh, dude. Amon Amar, Testament, uh, Overkill, The Grinding Wheel. I thought he was involved in that. Like he is. This guy, tight uh, Testament, Kill Switch, Engage. You just go down the fucking list, dude. The last Amon right. um, um, Amarth album, The Great um, Heathen Army, Carpe Denim by Saxon, Persona Non Grata, Dream Theater even. I mean, this guy, he's a very, very accomplished <laughs> producer. Man. Nice, nice. Well, this is interesting. Um, Richie describes the music as a mix of Jimi Hendrix, Priest, Sabbath, Solo Ozzy, and Black Label. Well, that sounds all good to me, man. He says it's heavy, catchy, and with melody. Sort of old school and modern at once, if that makes any sense. And actually down-tuned to whole step. Cool. He says the uh, Marshall Plexi basically does one thing, but you got to crank it to 11 for it to have that distorted sound. Doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles on it, or different channels and effects. Basically does one thing, does it well. But he says, uh, again, down-tuning creates more of a modern sound, and by using the classic sound of the Marshall Plexi, you get that juxtaposition, that contrast. Uh, all told, there's a lot of guitar solos. The songs are on the heavier side. 
And even though there's a lot of melody, it's still going to shake your bones. He says that me and acoustic don't really get along, so there's only one mellow song on it. A sort of smoky, haunted Nor uh, New Orleans kind of tune called Ghost of You with detuned 1920s piano on yeah. That sounds kind of badass if you that ask That sounds there. really cool. But yeah, he's got a song called White Horse, which is like uh, Tony Iommi crossed with Alice in Chains. Okay. <laughs> so this could be a, this could be an interesting album. Now, um, they haven't released any of the music from it yet, have they? I, I'm not seeing anywhere that they have. Okay. And I, and I didn't check YouTube. I didn't do that much research. That's cool. I was just Come wondering, on, bro. Fuck. How, how, can we, how can we be pathetically subjective if I know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think it sounds like a good album. That's a powerhouse. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'll definitely check it out. I'll definitely check it out. Man, it's, it sounds cool, I have to say. Elegant Weapons. Even the name's oh, yeah. kind of neat, man. It's different. Yeah, I liked that, too. Now on to the Skid Row camp. Okay, first of all, I don't hate the new Skid Row album. However, <laughs> having said this, I don't understand what all the fuss is. Watkins said it's the best thing since Slave to the Grind. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Because this guy, he's a dynamite singer. But it's almost like he's a Bach clone. It's like he's Ripper. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but finally, they're giving some um, information on the really difficult decision to part ways with singer ZP Thart, Thart whatever he's called. Um, Yo, I'm Dragon Force. That's how I know him. See, I don't think that's a good fit for Skid Row at all. I, I don't a either. Power metal band. I don't know what that what they were thinking. Dude, go back. I interviewed Rachel Bolin um, from 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 here in North Carolina. You know him out there. I think he was in Nashville. I was able to set up a Skype interview with him. And uh, he said, because, you know, with uh, Bach, and then the guy after Bach, whose name always escapes me, they can hit those Snake? highs, but also hit those... Is it Snake Sabo? Oh, no, no I'm no, sorry. No, You're no, talking about the other vocalist. I've... The singer, yeah, the other vocalist. And I, and I can't remember his name. But, um... 
Maybe lose my train of thought. Sorry. Dickhead. Oh, but he, I asked him, I said, you know, these guys could hit those ridiculous highs and then hit those guttural lows. And uh, I said, could ZP do that? Because I'm thinking the same thing, Dragon Force, where he's singing with his nuts pinched with a fucking clothes iron or something, right. you know, a clothespin. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, dude's great. So I was actually shocked when I found out he was gone. Uh, what do you say? He says that we just came back to start uh, playing shows again in February, and before that we had noticed prior to the Christmas holiday, we noticed the band and ZP were starting to diverge and go in different directions. We were hoping that by doing this record of moving forward and going to play live shows that maybe those two paths would converge, and unfortunately they just grew more distant. So they had a really dis uh, difficult decision to make. They knew they couldn't go on like that. And they had to make the best change possible. It is funny, he said, late February with less than a month to go before residency with Scorpions and a whole record to record vocals on, <laughs> they parted ways. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I think Skid Row's basically cursed. They're, they're a cursed band because... Now, those first two albums are powerhouse albums. I don't care. Two completely different sounding albums, both definitively Skid Row. Subhuman Race is a great album that I think just doesn't get the credit it deserves. I wish Bach hadn't been such an asshole, because I'm curious to know where Skid Row would be today, as opposed to everyone singing praise to a subpar album. <laughs> you know, the gang's all here. Uh, no, they're not. Rob Afuso sitting at the house of Sebastian Box doing his own fucking thing. The gang ain't here. <laughs> <laughs> it seems it seems very pretentious to me, like they're trying too hard. Now it's not a bad album, in my opinion. But it's not great. Everyone keeps saying it's great. I actually saw someone on Facebook post album of the year. I'm like, fuck you, did you not hear the sick, the dying, and the dead? Yeah. Come on. Did you let's, not hear Ghost of Pira? And then maybe I, 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 should, I shouldn't say anything because I've not heard it, but I have to be blunt here. I've not really listened to any Skid Row post-Sebastian Bach. You're talking to a guy that wasn't a huge fan of that band anyway. Like, I know everybody loves the first album. Okay, good for you. I know it was a big hit. But people have to understand what I was doing at that time and what I was listening to. Youth Gone Wild, I was like, I gotta be on. I thought, oh, another hair metal band. Another glam metal. I mean, I wasn't that impressed with them. I never was. They were much heavier than glam, though. I hate they got lumped I, I into know, that glam I know, but I'm just category. telling you how I felt at the time, Bush. Okay, I mean, I'm right. Well, you fell into you fell into the hype because I get it. They were lumped in with that well, glam. Well, dude, I mean, thing. yeah, and I remember you. I'm like, ugh, you know, well, all that everyone shit. Everyone had to have a. Ballad. I know, but fuck, I was tired of it, dude. So you know, I was like, <laughs> that's why I was. You don't have a soft side, metal Mike. I thought you were my big old. Oh, I do guy. have a soft side. If the bow, it's <laughs> not. I don't know. I just. It was. I'll tell you what my problem was with a lot of those battles. It became formulaic, like you said. Everybody had to have one. If you have to yeah. write a ballad, nine times out of ten, it ain't going to be any good. The best ballads are the ones that are from the fucking heart. And I'm sorry, yes. no disrespect to Skid Row or anybody out there that loves them, but I remember you was not from the fucking heart. It was fucking written to make the... And look, Skid Row was very shrewd, though. This is the thing I'll give him credit for, because I was just like, Skid Row, whatever. My buddy, Big B, he was like, dude, I heard new Skid Row on WLCA, which was this college station, right? 
I'm gonna buy it. And I'm like, whatever, dude. Fuck. And we went. We went to the mall. We bought a few albums, and one of them he bought that. And it was a uh, slave to the grind. And I remember being <laughs> pleasantly surprised. Like I was like, this is Skid Row. Like wow, this is really heavy. This is pretty fucking good, you know. And um, and I know you get it. You get a taste of that on the debut album. <clears throat> I agree. The problem is I- the. The problem is the radio played 18 in life, which is still a banger. I don't care. Uh, Youth Gone Wild and fucking I Remember You. There's a lot of good stuff on yeah, that I album. To, There's a lot of fluff. I had to I deep mean, dive onto it. And I only did that yeah. a few years ago. But, I mean, I've even had people tell me, man, like my, my ex-girlfriend, her her brother-in-law, who I'm still friends with, was like, dude, you, you didn't like this and that? And I, I just looked at it and we were grilling. I said, well, bro, when it comes to Skid Row... I'm more of a slave to the grind man. And I want his instant respect when I said that. Like, it was like, oh, okay. Okay, I see where you're coming from now. I'm like, yeah, dude, I like I like my rock and my metal to be on the, the rock and heavy side. I don't... Slave to the grind is to Skid Row what Appetite is to Guns N' Roses, if you ask me. It's the raw, dirty album that should have come out. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing I'll, I'll, I, I give Skid Row credit for is they were just like, well, hey, we made our money. We did with the record. Now we're going to do what we want to do. Yeah, we gave we gave you your hits. And now we're and and that was just the opposite of what everyone else was doing. Most bands, but but still had two ballads on it. Slave to the grind. Me, most bands get mellow over time. They get more, you know, they lose their fucking edge. And and Skid Row went. You know, the only other band I can think of that got heavier as they went along. Totally different style of metal, but Pantera. You know, other than that, I mean, but yeah. So I've not, I've no opinion on the new Skid Row. Um, I, I, my big brother actually, because I think he posted something. He actually listened to some of it, you know. And my brother, he was never a big Skid Row fan at all. But um, but uh, yeah, you know, I mean, hey, that's cool. If people like it, I, you know, and or whatever. I, I, I guess I'll have to sit down and, and listen to it because. Uh, it does yeah, seem I'm like a lot have of people, to give it, at least on Facebook, in our in our bubble circle, people yeah. are just fucking going ape shit for this record, man. And I'm just like, yeah, our friend Mick Watkins got all over me, man. He's all fucking, uh, dude, that album rips. Best of Slave to the Grind. Give it a few more listens, which I haven't done yet. So I'm basing this opinion off of one. Well, listen. Ralph was kind of more in your camp, wasn't he? Uh, with Striper. Oh, was it Striper? Okay, yeah. Yeah, he thinks the Skid Row album's great. I mean, the hardcores might like it, but the casuals aren't going to give a fuck, man. Right. Of course, Skid Row we'll don't see, like I care. Said. I mean, I guess they've made enough money that we're like, fuck Sebastian Bach. We'd rather just do our thing and, and do what we do and not have to deal with him, you know? Yeah, which is unfortunate. And I know Baz is a dick because I follow him on Twitter and He's he's almost as cranky as D. Snyder is. Yeah. That fucking guy. I used to love that guy. Now I just don't like him very much. But I'll still buy his music and I'll still listen to him. Yeah. So yeah, that's the Skid Row news. Old uh, and bitter, bro. Huh? They're all old and they're bitter. You yeah. Look, I love D. Snyder and I love Twisted Sister, but he, I can, he. Because Swiss's sister should have been bigger than what they were. I oh, think yeah, that's caused a lot of, you know, um, 
yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, D can be a prickly pear sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just, you know, that's just my theory anyway. It could be. It could be. I don't know. I'd like to slap him in his fucking man boots. <laughs> I don't know, dude. He's he's still in pretty good shape. He might be. Yeah, yeah. He he probably whooped my ass sixty five years at all, dude. He's he's doing some sit ups. I'm just I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I. <laughs> Him and Phil Collin, and I know, yeah, Phil Collin, ooh, Def Leppard, but fuck you, I wouldn't want to fight either of them. He's guys. in shape. Edelman's <laughs> in shape, dude. Phil, fuck, fuck yeah. ripped. I'm, I, I saw a picture of my bike. I'm like, goddamn, man. On, the, on this tour, man, he's the only guy out there without a shirt yeah, on. You know why? Because he can. Yeah, he don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> he's like, look at my fucking pecs. I work out, bitch. <laughs> yeah, he's in great shape. Oh, uh, Michael Sweet. I know neither of us care about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We have to understand that bands do. Why? We have to understand that for the context of this story. Michael Sweet says he doesn't believe Striper will ever get inducted during his lifetime. Even though their third album, 86 is Hell uh, to Hell with the Devil, made them the first contemporary Christian act to score a platinum album. They were never fully embraced by the heavy metal and hard rock communities, largely because of their Christian lyrics, mocked by mainstream media, knocked by the religious press, and even picketed by church groups. Yeah, they got it from all sides, had, poor guys. Yeah, you know, they've had, you know, some of the greatest metal music out there for that genre, and they've only gotten better with age. Um, he was asked this question about... Uh, if they should have a place in the Rock Hall. And he says, quote, It does cross my mind, but whenever it does, it always feels a little self-centered. And I don't know, it makes me feel a little off, like, man, maybe I shouldn't be thinking that. Egotistical, big-headed, whatever catchphrase you want to put to that. It makes me feel like, uh, who, are, who are we to think that way? Because there are so many other great bands who have yet to be inducted. At the same time, there is something to be said for the longevity there is something to be said for how many albums we've put out and the fact that I really think a lot of people would agree that we're putting out our best music lately in recent years. At Beating the Odds, we're the band that many people have laughed at and mocked and said, ha ha, those guys will never do that, and we've done it. So we've kind of beaten the odds and won many battles, and I think for that reason alone, maybe we'll get inducted into the Rock Hall. 
justifiably so, but I doubt it will ever happen, at least while I'm alive. Mm. I think he makes a solid point. And you have to come at it from an artist. There, A lot of these guys respect the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know why either. I don't get it. It's important. It's important to these people. That's like the top. Well, it's the name, Rock hall. and Roll Hall of Fame, and you know. But Paul Stanley said it best. And I know Paul can be a prickly pear too. But you know, he was fucking right when he said that. You know, it ain't like our our contemporaries are fucking running the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's a bunch of douchebags that fucking own Rolling Stone. You know, I mean, I got yeah. history. The only reason why we've gotten more rock and metal acts, and you can say what you want about him, say what you want Tom about his Amarello, man, because Rolling Stone sucks his cock, and that, and he's got some sway with him. But I, I just, yeah, I mean, I, is he right? Yeah, probably. I don't know if Striper will ever do, get him. Do you think Striper has a Hall of Fame career? That's tough, man. Um, I'd have to go through their entire. I have. I had when they came out. I had like the first three albums, I think, which was Yellow, Black, and Attack, To Hell with the Devil. What was the other one? Um, oh fuck, the best one, Soldiers Under Command. Soldiers Under Command. Yeah, I. I had them. I liked them. Um, honestly, though, after that, didn't they, and another thing, didn't they? I mean, they haven't. I know they got back together and they've been putting out new music. But didn't they take a hiatus too for a while? Like they took a few years off, I thought. Well, they did, but that does that negate the fact that they put out all these albums and been consistent? Ah, uh, yes I and think no. After dude. that, they did um, their most polished album. Try to remember how Michael described it to me. That album was the most slick. The production. Um, and that's um, the album that I got into Striper with, In God We Trust. And then after that, they released Against the Law, and of course everybody turned against them because they kind of dropped the yellow and black. They weren't singing Christian lyrics anymore. And it's like, to me, it's one of their best albums. You know? Yeah, I think I remember a lot of people thought, oh, well, they're not Christian anymore. I, I remember yeah. that. Um, yeah, they were trying to do something different. Even, even Michael told me and Ralph, you know, Dr. Fuck. You know, they should have changed the name of the band. It's another of those cases where he says they should have changed the name. Because they were going in a different direction, was, yeah. Yep. And they did end up, you know, splitting up for a while. Uh, uh, quite a while. That, and, and that's, you know, that's and all they, I'm saying, Bush. I mean, for me, one of the criteria is, is longevity, and that means doing it and continuously doing it. Like, look, I love Death Angel. I love Exodus. But guess what? They took a break. Death Angel for a long time. Now, that wasn't their fault. They're, they had the horrible bus wreck. Their drummer got fucking fucked up. And you know what I'm saying? And it, 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 and, and because of loyalty to him, the record company's like, we'll get another drummer. Go back on the road. And they were <laughs> absolutely not. But it led to, right. the, it, it led to the end of that band. Uh, well, think about it. Guns N' Roses got abducted. Yeah, um, and shouldn't have been. And and I, it's I not a Hall of Fame disagree. career, man. I look, and I know it's going to be a controversial disagree. take because everybody just fucking sucks Guns N' Roses' dick. Look, I love the first record. I love Lies, Lies, Lies. There's even some good material on uh, well, what the, you should, yeah, your Illusion albums. I think that would have made one really good record, though. There's just way too much fluff, way too much ego shit. Like, I like Izzy Stradlin, and he's cool and all, but 
him singing songs, and I don't know. It's just all over the place. You're trying to be the Rolling Stones, and you ain't the fucking Rolling Stones, motherfuckers, okay? I'm sorry. That's just how I feel about it. That's me. I know I'm the bad guy. Bring out the brick bats, because, my God, how dare anybody <laughs> criticize the fucking amazing Guns N' Roses. If you're going to fucking try to emulate a band, dude, shoot for the fucking top. Ghost Stones. Yes. I love the Illusions albums. Uh, I'm kind of iffy on Spaghetti Incident. I think it has some Ugh. moments. Uh, but I See, love that just made me Democracy. fucking want to throw up in my mouth, dude. That fucking album is <laughs> terrible. EP, whatever. That version of his song, no. the fucking beautiful 50s battle. Oh, God. Axel, you have a rock voice. Stick to yeah, rock that was, that was songs. That's my biggest problem yeah. with fucking November Rain. Hey, bitch, get Elton John to sing that motherfucker for you. It would have been perfect for him. You don't have the voice. Oh, no, he, he crushed no, he that didn't. song. Yeah, he crushed it. Fucking, it all right. uh, fucking ruined. Estranged. Estranged is like one of my favorite ballads of all time. It's not. Okay, anyway, I don't argue <laughs> about Guns N' Roses with you. I'm just saying, <laughs> there's so many people that just, they put them on that. And I don't see it, man. And part of it's because they imploded. They didn't do shit yeah. for fucking years. Then they put out a very divisive album with Chinese democracy. No. They have not had a Hall of Fame career, folks. I don't give a fuck how many copies Agreed. fucking Appetite for Destruction. You know, even so, I mean, look at the Sex Pistols. Love the Sex Pistols, but they only put out one record. And what was great about them, they told the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame fucking suck their dick. Fuck off. Yeah. Yep. Now, I, you gotta love Johnny Rock. Ozzy threatened to do it. Cause, and part of that was because he got tired of them putting Sabbath on the ballot. And every fight, and this was when they were eligible. Every fucking year they wouldn't get it. Honestly, finally said, you know what? Don't, don't even waste our fucking time anymore. Just take our fucking names off the ballot. And even said one of them even fucking threw the bat shit in his face. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay, you, whatever. Fuck off. You know, right. I'm not fucking coming in. If you do induct me, well, you know, of course we all know. Sharon made him go. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but but yeah. she even said, "Look, Ozzy, it's not just about you. There's three other guys in that band, and I guess it mattered to Bill Ward. He was just he got really well. I guess they're never going to let us in, and they finally let him in, and they had Metallica induct him. And there's there's bands that know they deserve to be in the hall. Yeah. Now I know that us rock fans get pissy with the hall because they've let all these other genres in. I understand that. I know they put these pinhead fucking bands in that. Soft rock at best, maybe yacht rock. You know, but what? Because you have a guitar solo and one song on the album out of ten albums, now you're in a rock and roll hall of Well, dude, fate. come on. I mean, they're even, and again, I'm not trying to put down hip, rap or hip hop, but, you know, here's where my problem with that. Number one, the name. It's not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It should be called the American Music Hall of Fame, just like Britain has. You know why Britain did that? Because the UK were smart. They're like, you know what? We're going to induct all kinds of music in our Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. It ain't going to just be rock or metal or pop or fucking rap. And that's the way you do it. And I, so that's, that's fuck up right there. Oh, it's a great name, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But it's like you're, you're inducting people. Like when they tried to induct, I mean, maybe they did, even though Dolly said no. Like Dolly Parton, yeah, I love Dolly she Parton. Was she had a Hall of Fame career. Hell yeah, she's in the Country Music Hall of Fame. But she is not uh -huh. rock and roll, man. She is not, okay? So they're there. And then it's just, it's just fucking run by a bunch of elitist fucking. Like, look, if I ran the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, there would be bands I would induct that I don't like because I'd have to be objective about it. 
there are right. bands that I am not into that I'm like, yes, they've had a Hall of Fame career. Period. You know, like dude, I was I was the number one supporter of Nirvana being inducted into the Hall. Well, of yeah. And I hate that fucking band, but those five albums they did, five or six, they didn't do a lot. They impacted a fucking genre. They, you know, they blew up. Of that type of music, they were arguably the biggest band. Oh, by far. When we're talking grunge, you know? out of the big four, yeah. they're the biggest. My Probably my yeah. least favorite, but they were the biggest. Right. There's, no, there's no question about that, dude. And I watched that hall. I watched that ceremony. And I'm not going to lie, when they got to Teen Spirit, I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Ooh, Joe Jett, she's so punk rock. I fucking hate Joe Jett, just so you guys know. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I'm not a Joe Jett fan. Fuck her. I like... I like, I like some of her music, but... I like... I, like, I, I don't think she's great. I like uh, The Runaways. I dig The Runaways. And she was a part of that. And Joan like, Jett. So, you know, yeah, I, know, I know she was part of yeah, that. Yeah, her and Lita. But so was, but so was Lita Ford. Yeah, her and Lita and... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, let's just say this. I wouldn't have kicked either one of them chicks out of bed for eating crackers. I'll just throw that out there, especially in their prime. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, but Joe wouldn't have been in the bed I know, you. I know. You're too uh, male. Yeah, I know. But no, I, she's a four-chord wonder, much like Kurt Cobain. Everybody thinks he's this great guitar player. The guy fucking sucks. He couldn't play a solo to save his fucking life. But he touched a generation of people. Well, he, you know, the thing I've always said about Kurt, I think Kurt was a better songwriter than a musician, and that is possible to do that, you know. Sure. And, and I think... Uh, uh, Jim Morrison, hello. Yeah, but, but Kurt, I mean, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why things ended up happening the way, because I think it fucked with him. I think it fucked with him that he was like the biggest deal in, you know... And he's going, I'm not that good, guys. Like, he would say yeah. that in interviews. Like, I'm not that fucking great. Why are people putting me on this pedestal? And I think it really, with that combined with the heroin, and fuck, if I was with, you know, I, you know, Courtney Love would make you want to fucking eat a shotgun. So, of course, there's some people that think she might even had something to do with it. Not going to go down that spiral, oh. but who knows? Um I don't know. There was that one documentary. I was like, next week on Conspiracy Theory with Metal. Hey, I'm just saying the, the detective <laughs> that she hired to track Kurt down. He said right off the bat, she was fucking weird, man. The whole thing was weird because he was She's missing. Fucking weird, anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's, anyway, we're gonna go. Yeah, but you're right. Okay, like for instance, I don't like Duran Duran, but they've had a Hall of Fame career. Right. I think Stripers had a Hall of Fame career. I don't know. I really do. I, you know, Bushy. I, to be fair, for me to analyze that, I number one, I'd have to listen to some of their new albums. I haven't really taken the time to do that, and it's not because I have I, that I don't like Striper. I like Striper just fine. I'm not like a huge fan, but I enjoyed their records back in the day, and I, and I think Michael Sweet is an incredible vocalist, and uh, oh, now, even better guitar I've, player. I've heard. Like a couple of songs I, I, here and I, there? I said the other day, I shared a video the other day of Michael Sweet playing a guitar solo live on stage. And, 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 I, and, and I, I said, why in the fuck, when we're talking about greatest guitar players all oh, time, is Michael Sweet never mentioned? You're right. He, that dude's fucking amazing. He, you're right. There's, but you can say that about so many guitar players, even ones you don't like. Sure. Like Alex Lifeson. Yes. Oh, I have never fucked with the music musicality or musicianship of that band. I know, but Shut don't you Getty agree? I know, up. I know you don't like him, but don't you think that Neil Peart and even Getty overshadowed him? 
Like when people talk about Rush, it's always Neil Peart. Oh yeah, they never talk like that. Never, guy and that down. guy was a fucking amazing guitar player. Amazing. And that's the thing. I've listened to Rush. It's like it's not like I heard a couple radio songs like, "Oh, I hate these guys." You know, I own one Rush album, "Farewell to Kings." I bought it on recommendation from the Rock and uh, Metal Combat podcast Facebook page. Thanks, guys. You fucked me. <laughs> I was I was I was in a flea market and they had "Fly by Night" and I know that song and I like that song. And they had "Farewell to Kings." You should have grabbed. Which of these two should I buy? You should have grabbed "Fly by Night." Really, you'd probably like the first record more than any of them, and that don't even have Neil Peart in it. But it's the more straight ahead hard rock. And it's the one with that working man. I don't mind that song. Yeah, so you'd probably... I think part of your problem with Rush is Getty's voice, and they just... It's just too proggy for you, man. You're just... you get bored. Oh, yeah. Fuck it. Everyone talks to Xanadu. is so great. And I'm like, what is this fucking jam band hippie fucking tripe? This is garbage. Yeah, I love Xanadu. I, I, I hated it. I don't hear any hippie uh, about it. It ain't hippie. Ugh. Fuck, uh, come on, man. Get, get your shit right. I mean, I'll listen to Pink Floyd all day before I listen to fucking Rush. At least I can stomach both Gilmore and Waters' voices. Touche. <laughs> all right, shots fired. Says the man. It is Halloween it, time. Axel Rose can sing ballads. No, he can't. He fucking sucks at ballads. All right, let's, let's move forward, though. I know. Uh, but I will, I I will know, say right? this, though, about Striper. Unpopular metal opinion. Striper? Yeah. I, I would really, and, and it's something I intend to do. Like, I've heard a few songs from here and, the, and there, and what I've heard I've liked. I even told my nephew Kane, you know, because he's all about the power metal. Very almost power metal sounding to me. Ish. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think Kane would really like uh, the new Striper albums. But it's something I've always intended on doing, and I just... There's one song that's it. damn near thrash death metal, dude. Yeah, I, I, called Take It to the Cross. And I was like, holy fuck, what are these guys doing here? Yeah. Plus, the, yeah, I mean, it's different from their early glam metal. And and I do consider Striper part of that first generation of glam metal. Like, they go back. People don't really realize yeah. how far back they go. In fact, they go so far back, man, there was a point in time where some marketing guy wanted to do a tour called the Heaven and Hell Tour. And this was Striper and Motley Crue. This was Motley Crue during the Shout at the Devil era. Personally, I would have loved to have seen that. Fuck yeah. But I do understand why they did. They were worried that some of the Christian people that would show up, that some of the metalheads would fuck with them and buy it, you know, and vice versa. I don't know. I think it would have been fucking cool. But I think they deserve the Hall of Fame. And for no other reason, man, they were playing those CDLA clubs and shit. They were right there in the thick of it with all of them. They just threw Bibles out at the thing, out at the crowd, because they're believers. Right. Okay. And then when they had their little fall from grace, and to my knowledge, every Christian has it. I've been going through mine since I was roughly 17. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And then they got it all back together, and they put it back together with the album No More Hell to Pay. And I was so happy. First of all, the music was much heavier. They're still just a rock and roll band, but they're a heavy metal band, Oh, too. of course. Yeah. But it was much heavier than the old stuff that I remember, but it was still Striper. Mm -hmm. That guitar tone that Michael Sweet has and that Oz Fox has, that is distinct. You can pick that out. You know what I mean? 
Um, the bass players they've gone through, you know, Timothy Gaines, and now they got the guy from Firehouse. Quality bass players, nothing extravagant. Uh, uh, the brother there, I can't remember his name. Robert? So sweet. Robert Sweet. Not a stellar drummer, but he does something different. He faces his drum side stage so that he can look at the crowd the whole time. And you can see him playing as opposed to being hidden behind his drums. That's kind of different. No other band does. No, you're right. But these last five albums have been great. This one, again, only one listen. And I pre-ordered this bitch, dude. I got it right here. The Final Battle. Always a killer fucking album cover with these guys. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm showing Metal Mike because we're video right now. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. Very cool. And it's opaque yellow vinyl with some black mixed in, kind of streaked across. And I was so stoked. About 50 bucks I paid for this motherfucker for pre-order, which is bullshit. Damn. You know, because it was like 30 bucks plus it was like 20 bucks shipping. Now, I got this Tuesday. The album dropped Friday. Okay, so I got it like four days early. The weakest of the five. Now, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying this one, I where to skid row, I'm going to be forced to re-listen. This one, I want to re-listen and get some listens in and figure out. But it didn't grab me the way the last four have. Right. Like immediately, like, holy fuck, oh, holy fuck, this is even better. Holy fuck, this is even Jesus Christ. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> It was just getting better and better and better. Right. And this this one falls a little flat for me so far. So we'll have to see. I've got to give that some listens. But yeah, I, I think they're definitely a Hall of Fame band. And I hope Michael's wrong. I don't care if he wheels up in a wheelchair and he's bald-headed as I am to you know collect his trophy. I'd like to see him get it while he's alive. Well, you know, I would like to see a real music hall of fame emerge that one made of their contemporaries and and, and, nice. and to see that happen because that's you know what but it's it's like our good friend ralph always says they are in our they're in our hall of fame yeah you know they're yeah, in our record, record collections, collections my they're in our record fame. collections yep. they're in my digital music collection you know they're in my i i have old cassettes still have them somewhere around here of striper you know it nice. does, I mean, fuck, fuck the critics, fuck the elitists. Fuck, it, it, I, I know it's important to those guys. I do kind of understand in a way, I guess, but I'm just like... I think the fans are the ones that get fucked uh, because we get so pissed off, we turn our back to it. Yeah, well, well, it's like, fuck you, you fucking sham organization. Well, here's, You're not listening to people. Yeah, well, here's part of the problem, too, I think, Bush, is you got... Like I said, call it the American Music Hall of Fame, and then you can induct two live crew, and I won't have a fucking thing to say about it. But when you call it the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm like, no disrespect to two live crew, but they're not rock and roll. Are two live crew I in? I believe so. Oh, NWA got in. I think two live crew are in, too. And even if they aren't, they will be. I mean... They did one fucking record, and they got banned. Banned. Doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know. They were... They were done. <laughs> but anyway, uh, God... Luke Skywalker did his own album afterwards. You know, That's the one banned in the USA. I, I, um, I was just throwing that as a name out there. Um, but yeah, hey, man, you know, at the end of the day, it all, the only thing that matters is 
as the fans, you know. Michael needs to just take yeah. solace in that, you know. You know. Hell yeah. We keep buying the albums, obviously. Yeah. I just I just bought it. Now, did you, but dude, where'd you get cool. that from? Did I, you I get it th- from them directly? Or? Yeah, striper.com. Now, do you get a digital download? The inside that? cover, that's when he was going through his eye issues. Oh. So he's got a fucking eye patch, dude. He's wearing the eye patch in the it's picture. fucking pirate metal now, huh? They're going to... And they're doing they're doing the yellow and black, but it doesn't look sissy. It looks kind of mean now. It's dingy. Yeah. It's dirty. I like ultimately it. bushy. It doesn't matter how they look. And that it's, guitar is. Sick. It's the music that matters to me. I don't yeah. care if they have a look. If they're theatrical, I don't care if they dress like women. I like a band to look good. What is wrong with looking good? Nothing wrong with a band looking good. I think there's some bands that look totally cool. Like okay. For instance, you could uh, Ghost. I think have a great look. Outstanding. You know, and we don't know what the fuck they look like except for the singer. Um, but I also <laughs> feel that, like a band like Metallica, who were just like, "Hey, we're just gonna wear blue jeans and t-shirts and just fucking go out there and fucking kick in denim jackets." And cause, but really, if you want to get real, that's a look. It it's is. a look. You know, I mean, it is. At least it's not. Cargo shorts and flannel shirts. Yeah. The fuck was that all about? Help me out, grunge people. What the fuck was that look all about? I'm gonna wear Chuck Taylors. Yeah, but with long socks. The thrash metal guys were wearing. Down, were wearing the cargo shorts and a t-shirt with a fucking flannel. The thrash shirt metal guys wow. have been wearing Chuck Taylors forever, so they just stole that from them. But. And I like cargo shirts, shorts myself. I, I most of my pants are cargo pants because they're comfortable. And also, as a nurse, uh, I I use them. You've heard the joke on Cobras and Fire. Have you been to Rock and Pod? It's all cargo shirt, uh, cargo shorts and rock t-shirts. Yep. Yeah. So I don't really. And as far as the 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 flannel, I'm like whatever. I never wore it. I got a flannel shirt now. You want to know why? few years ago i was invited to a costume party so i went as kurt cobain i had the blonde hair and the fucking That's and funny. what's funny is two other dudes came as kurt cobain and we all i was drugged out i had like a hypothermic needle taped to my fucking not a real needle but like a, a syringe taped to my arm to where i'm like i'm, I'm strung out on heroin kurt cobain and another great. dude just showed up as normal kurt cobain but our other friend showed up with just killed himself kurt cobain so he had brain matter and blood on the back of his that's fucking glorious. It was fucking hilarious, man. I gotta tell you, I have one flannel shirt because my first year down here when I was dating the redhead Kristen, mm-hmm. uh, we were going to go out Halloween night. Uh, ended up one of us had to work, so it got fucked. But uh, I was a lumberjack. Obviously, I had the really big beard at that point, so we bought a fake axe and you know I have I have work boots because uh, I'm a Republican and we work. And uh, <laughs> wow, shots fired. Such a, okay, such a bad joke. I don't sit on my ass, um, literally anymore. Unfortunately, <laughs> I would really like some sit down time. But I had to fake axe, a boost, the jeans, fuck a flannel shirt, the toboggan cap on my head. Yeah, did that right on. All right, man. So, anything else with the news, or are we done here? I I think we're done. We can close that shit. All out. right. I get. I gotta. Ha- I gotta get a thing together for closing the news, so we can move into our next shit. Right. You know what? Okay. We'll have my brother scapegoat made something like now for. Hell yeah. N- n- you know, maybe have him going now. 
on to the topic at hand or whatever, because usually that's what it is. Our topic, of course, today right. is, you know, because our topics aren't always reviews. So I'll, I'll think of something. We'll, we'll make it. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get it figured out. Um, I, I had something to say, but I was listening to you. I'm not going to lie, Metal Mike. I'm a little high. Okay. Um, and I'm working on a drunk, so I'm a little scatterbrained right now. I do these much better drunk until the end. Like, I'm terrified of releasing the second part of your vacation story because I haven't think? listened to it yet. And I just know that if I don't remember finishing the show, it had to have gotten fucking bad. Dude, it was bad. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you, man. Oh, God. I'm not looking forward to that. I don't know. That was if long. there's any way you can maybe well, edit some of that out, you might want to try. Yeah, that, 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 that second part of that bonus episode will... It'll be a while, because I've got to listen. I don't know how much I'll be able to edit out. It's going to take a lot of editing. I just know. Folks, just so you know, um, we record these, and, and for an episode like that, we're sitting there. We had already been talking for like two hours, so I'm like, okay, let's kill this. Because, uh, you know, for editing constraints. Well, I was just steady drinking, drinking, drinking. We were on the mic talking to each other for five or six hours. Me, you, and yeah. Well, yeah, because we were so both, by the both end episodes of it, back to back, so it was a long yeah, ass one recording night. session. Yeah, it was it was forever, but it was fun, and I remember the first quarter of Memphis, and that's all I remember. <laughs> so I'm scared to edit that son of a bitch. I, that'll be the first show I edit with my headphones. Normally, I have it through my speaker so I can listen to everything and judge sound quality. This one, I don't want my kid hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, I wanted to ask you, um, have you listened to the last two episodes or either of them? I got to be honest with you, I haven't, dude. I've been so busy. I haven't listened to the last three episodes. I'm a bad boy. No, see, I don't care. I just wanted to, I, I wanted to hear if you had heard Scribble's intro. I've been I've been using them both. Yeah. I'll, I'll play your brothers, which I love, and then Scribble's just because it's fucking cool. Okay, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, check I'm, it out. I mean, I, I've heard Scribble's intro because he, you know, he, he's... He, he played it for me, but um, I'm gonna have to. Uh, hey, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, you know, because most of the time I'm, I try to stay on that, and it's not because I'm, oh, I must hear myself, you know, to, you know, it's not for any narcissistic reasons. It's more for critiquing. It's like, okay, well, what did I do good, and what can I do better, and you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. By the time I put an episode up, I've heard it three or four times. Yeah, you, you don't have to hear it again. Yeah. Because you're editing. So, so when I put it up, I listen to it to get the listen. You know, to get that one more number. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so if, there, if there's ever an episode that only has one listen. Well, I got to be honest with you. When I download <laughs> the episodes, I don't go, I don't download from Podbean or any other sites. I use um, um, Podcast Addict. Well, you suck. Go to Podbean. You know, um, you know. So that again, though, that's that shows you right there. That's where I listen to most of my podcasts. Yeah, and I'm I'm surprised everywhere we are. Yeah, that's cool though. Very much so. So it's Halloween. Yeah. Last year, you and I sat down and we discussed the King Diamond album, Them. Yep. So why not this Halloween do the sequel? Hell yeah, man! Hell yeah! Fuck yeah! I, I'm, I'm really excited for this particular episode, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've always been a huge fan of this this album. Mm -hmm. In particular, Them was my introduction to King. I went backwards, listened to Abigail, 
which is the only album that's audio music album that ever gave me nightmares. That album scared the fuck out of me <laughs> from that opening fucking funeral. Terrified. Yeah. I, I had never heard anything so scary in my life. Then I went back and listened to Fatal Portrait. A little different because it's not a story. So after you hear them and then you hear Abigail, at least you're hearing a story. Then this is like, oh, so this is like merciful fate shit. He's just doing a record. <laughs> you know what I mean? But still, quality fucking album. Then Conspiracy Drops, 1989. Whoa. <laughs> fucking whoa. Spoiler alert. Maybe my all-time favorite King Diamond album. Maybe. It's that fucking good to me. Um, we already know our backgrounds with King Diamond. You coming into this album, expectations, things of that. Um, honestly, I remember my brother actually picked the album out before I did. I, I got it eventually, but he picked it up. It was like, dude, I got the new King Diamond album. And judging by the cover, which it's not a bad cover at all, but it was a little like I didn't realize at first that it was a sequel to them. Until right. I open it up and you see the drawing of Keane and he's in the cemetery. It's beautiful artwork, man. There's a whole fucking comic book yeah, in there, basically. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful artwork, man. And and uh, yes, it's uh, and then it talks about you know that he's been in the asylum and all that. I'm like, oh fuck, I'm already in just from that alone because I loved them so much. It's my favorite Keane Diamond album, but man, it's really hard because I don't think KD's ever put out a bad record ever like no he's any, put out some better than others but he's there's never been an album like, that I'm uh, like, yeah, yeah this don't this ain't grabbing this me man. they're all good you know that's what i'm saying we yeah. should be doing a kd album merciful fate album for fucking the next several halloweens because he's got easily yeah he's great you know i mean and the best part is we could jump around oh now. yeah 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 for sure but if you did them you gotta do conspiracy um, yes yes sir yes sir um but yeah i think that i i mean i think I fucking loved it, you know. It was the new King Diamond album, you know. You know what I mean? As I said, the only thing I would critique was the, like, I don't think that's a bad cover, but I think that should have been like maybe on the inside, kind of like the one where it's got the band members wearing the 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 the, the top hat, the top hats, shit, you know, next to the coffin. Yeah. on them. Um, I think there should yeah. have been a, you know, because Abigail had an illustration, you know, Fatal Portrait, and them, and I, I kind of wish they would have done. And then basically everything since. Yeah. Then. This was the only. This was one of the few King Diamond albums where he's front and center on the cover, and like I said, it's not a bad picture. He looks badass. Yeah. What was the other one? The Dark Side EP. Yeah. And maybe a live record. Yeah. So I'm like, um, very much like you know, but I'm, and that's just a fucking a little quibble. I'm not. I, I'm not nitpicking. I mean, it's still a fantastic album, and it's not a bad album cover. But it was just like, oh man, I wish they would have kind of maybe. You know, maybe they were afraid though if they had a a cover of it, it might have given the story away or something. You know, especially how it right. is. You know, because I'm thinking, man, a badass cover would have been, but you know, spoiler for a well, fucking album that's, you know, how many years old now? Yeah, 30, 40, somewhere. 30, in yeah. There. Well, I gotta say, um, back then I wasn't thinking of that. '89. Uh, well, that was my freshman year of high school. Right. You know, so so my timeline may be wrong. I I I don't know if I got introduced to them in ninth. It was tenth grade, Mr. Staub's social studies class. So I heard this even after oh come out. Oh okay. Um. Yeah, I see. I, I may have been around. Me. May have been around the time of the eye. 
Oh, okay. When I first heard, uh, yes, when yeah. I first heard this album, um, it, it was it just come out. So I was a right. junior. No, wait. Eighty nine. I'm five years younger than you, brother. In '89, I was yeah. No, I was a senior. I was a senior. It was uh, August 21st. I was a senior in high school. Um, nice. You know, I should have graduated in '88, but I was a bad boy. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, I gotta say, I like the cover. Oh yeah, I'm not bitching about it. It's a great at that, cover. At that time, well, I I never looked at it from your point of view until you mentioned it. At that time, I wasn't thinking about the fact that this is his face on the album cover, I was thinking, holy fuck, that makeup is way scarier than what I saw in them. Right. This is fucking creepy as hell. Oh, yeah. So I was I was all in there. Then you open it up and you get the little comic book story. Which was really cool. As you're putting cool. it in and you get, into that, you get into that first song and I was like, fuck it. What do you say we dive into hell this yeah, album before we give too much up? Because, like, nobody's ever heard of King Diamond Conspiracy. <laughs> Well, I'm sure Mark Alden Taylor has. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he loves King I know, Ryan's favorite. favorite. Yeah. Number one, man, even over Rush. Every... <laughs> yeah, me and Rush, him and King He's going to be like, you fuckers, <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> oh, At the Graves, Take It Metal Mind. Oh, my God. Uh, it just starts out with this beautiful, atmospheric, haunting, melancholy melody of Keen lamenting uh, his long-lost sister. Um I fucking love it. It's really, it's kind of odd because it's like, it's kind of like, um, uh, and this is King doing it right, in my opinion. Because you got, one of the things that, that bothers me about certain bands is they'll do a certain thing as a separate track when it's really part of that song. You know, like Hellion right. and, and, and Electric Eye. I'm sorry, that should be Hellion yes. slash Electric Eye. It should be one fucking yes. track. You know, shout the devil in the beginning. Shout the devil should be one. You know that just irritates the shit out of me. When you have what is that? Eyes of March and Wrath Child. Yeah, there's a bunch of them that are like that. And man, yeah. King Diamond's like, fuck it, we're gonna put the intro because really that intro is so. It, it really is. It could he could have done that. He could have. It, it could have been its own track. Yeah, and and he didn't, man. And it's just fucking. I love it. I love. Um, I love King's vocals on it. Um, the keyboards he wrote this song by himself entirely a lot of people don't realize that king can play keyboards and all kinds of instruments so he's very talented dude. yeah he plays harpsichord and she plays all yeah kinds he, of he shit. he's a fucking musical genius as far as i'm concerned um and i Absolutely. love how it just goes on with him missing her and you know and then of course he says you know they would show the way from the other side i fucking love it rise from your grave little sister and that whole da -na 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 -na, almost like an evil circus I, yeah evil circus yeah, that's I exactly fucking it. love it it just then explodes into a furious track just phenomenal musicianship throughout this track the guitar solos by andy larock and pete black are just incredibly tasty just fucking amazing um, it's just another Mickey amazing, D laid it down and, 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 they're, and they go back and forth you know like when, when the song goes you know you got Andy and then you got Pete and then you got another guitar solo by Pete it's just fucking phenomenal it's 8 minutes and 58 seconds of just musical perfection um, just an epic opening track Bushy uh, what do you think 
Oh, man. I have always loved that eerie fucking intro to start this song. I always thought of it as Evil Circus Calliope music. Yes. It was like the strangest fucking thing. It's, it's, it's everything out of 80s horror. And you can see it in your mind. Like, you can see him showing up at the cemetery and, and just the way he the, the, delivers the vocals that, you know... Missy, I miss you so, and it's all oh, the way it comes in, you know. It's yes. just so fucking, you know. Oh, little sister, I wish it's... you'd come back to me and sit by my side. We'd laugh and we'd play again. If only you'll try. Only you'll try. You know, it's like you, he, you know, it's you know so. They would show the way. The other, the other side. side. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> Fuck, it's fucking yeah. amazing, it's, dude. It's very operatic. Yes, uh, it's it's very telling because um. Missy is what basically broke him out of his trance and them. Oh yeah, and her and her being killed. Yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah, because before that, uh, Gene was all about him all it. This he was time. all about tea time. He was all about it until Missy Fuck did yeah. two things. One, I hate you, which is the end of that yep. one song, and then they kill her, and it was like, oh hey, this ain't funny anymore. That's my little sister, dickhead. You know. Yeah. So uh, just a phenomenal fucking track, man. Love it. Fuck yeah, dude. And that's all it is. He just wants to see his sister again come into the graveyard. You're right. It does paint such a mental fucking image. Um, when that band kicks in, <laughs> after all the circus calliope, the evil circus calliope, as I call it, holy fuck. <laughs> it's like, well, we're here. And, uh, you know, like, like you said, it's a killer opening track. The guitar solos are ridiculous throughout this entire album. They shine here. I'm immediately sucked back into the House of Avon. Yes. And the story of the House and of Avon. And don't Avon. you just wish that we were rich enough to, like, fucking make movies based on King's this albums? This needs to be a film. Fuck, Fuck yeah. All, all his records. records would make great screenplays, man. You know, take the Fuck root of the story and, fuck, have, it would be awesome, man. I mean, you know... He, he's a great storyteller. Not only is he a great musician and a musical genius, but he's a great storyteller, man. He absolutely is. And he, yeah, he's, he's got a good grasp of that. This word. is the kind of horror I like right here, man. Yeah. I like atmospheric, gothic, fucking just, you know, supernatural, you know, ghosts and demons and vampires and all that shit, man. I'm all about it. I know, and it's funny, as much as I dislike horror, I fucking love King Diamond. What I found the most exciting about this song is a clock at it, what, just under nine minutes, what, 8.57, 8.58? Eight, yeah, eight. It never gets boring. boring. No, no. It's dude. constantly changing. Yes. It'll go back to a main riff. And there's a lot know, of that on this such. album. There's a lot, not just this track. There's a lot of this. It's a King Diamond thing. Yeah. You listen to King Diamond or Merciful Fate. Yes. You're going to get a lot of changes. Yes. And and I think something's always waiting around the corner that you don't. And expect. that's what's cool about it, man. I think that's one thing. What reason why so many thrash metal bands do cite Merciful Fate as an as an influence because of the different musical. You know, to me, that's what makes bands like Merciful Fate and Black Sabbath as amazing as they were. They didn't just played the same riff and set on it. Most of their songs would have like fucking three or four amazing riffs. And Merciful Fate was the right. same way. And so is King Diamond. I mean, really, King Diamond, when he formed his band, he just picked up where Merciful Fate left off because um, Hank Shermer and uh, or Dinner, what, what's their names, man? I'm drawing a blank. 
I'm drawing a blank too. You go to I'd be going to Wiki like a scumbag. Hold on, man. I'll fucking get it. I, I got this. He's 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 like I'll go to Wiki. Fuck you. Yeah, I got it right here, man. Um, of course, we got Hank Sherman and then uh, the other. Um, uh, I mean, you got Mike Weed now, but the, the Michael Denner, he was the guy. You know, uh, yeah. and and they went off and formed their own band called Fate, which wasn't really metal at all. I don't know if you ever heard it. <laughs> it ain't that fucking good, bro. And King yeah, Diamond was it. like, "Fuck this, man! I'm going to stay doing what we're doing." And that's why I mean, I, to me, it's like you can prefer one or the other, but I don't see how you could be a Merciful Fate fan and not be a King Diamond fan, or you know, I mean, it's, yeah, versa. it's like, come on, man, you know. I can't understand liking one more than oh, the well, other. Oh, sure, you know. Because I'm a bigger Diamond fan than a Fate fan, but I love Merciful Fate. I'm going to see him next yeah, month. Me too, dude. I'm going to see him uh, in 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 Indiana. Me and Kane are going, man. I I, I bet the Atlanta. I bet the bullet, man. Uh, Gary, Indiana. Uh, we're gonna. Yeah, I'm going to Atlanta. Yeah, uh, like a November third. Oh, yeah, November third. So for us, it's right around the corner, man. Oh fuck you, man! November sixteenth. Oh well, I'm, I think I'm like a week or two before you. So awesome, man. We'll have to maybe yeah. do an episode I, to talk about. We'll wait until you see your show and then maybe compare notes or something, man. Fuck yeah. I'm going to try to stay sober. I don't have to drive, wow. so that's going to be hard. <laughs> but I want to remember the show, and I've never seen oh, Creator. Creator so fucking killer, too, bonus. dude. Yeah, I like Creator, dude. I got a couple there. Yeah, out. Creator's amazing. They're, they're probably the number one. You know, because again, German thrash metal—they kind of have their big four. You know, and I would say Creator's right. the Metallica of that of that scene. But yeah, man. Uh, nice. So we go back in. Uh, now we go into Sleepless Nights, bro. What are your thoughts? Oh man, that is such a heavy monster opening riff <laughs> to lead into such a down. I love it though, man. Weird vibe, you know, for the verse. And I, I love it too. It's fucking brilliant. And the way Keen sings the vocals and shit. I just I was a That's what I'm saying about uh, it, man. It's like possibly his best vocal performance on this song. Possibly. There's another song later on where I'm like, uh, whoa. Um <laughs> maybe this This is track it. was written by King Diamond and Andy LaRock. Um, yeah, man. Anything else you want to add to it? Oh yeah. Uh he's because everything's a story with King. Uh, he's longing to see his sister again, mm -hmm. and they make themselves known. And they make a deal with King to allow this to happen so that he can see his sister. Basically, King watches the graves and returns the house of Amon back to them with the understanding that they'll be back every fucking night. And he bites it, man. He bites that fucking bullet so he can see his sister. That's how much he they're, loved they're her, so man. It was kind of kind of sweet in a way, man. Yeah, but you're right. It, it is. It's, it's evil sweet, but it's definitely sweet. It's yeah, right here he dude. makes a deal with them, the unseen demonic antagonist from the previous album, to return control of the house to them in exchange for the chance to see his now-dead sister, Missy, as he believes she can yes. help answer some questions. And, of course, that, yeah, yeah, um... <clears throat> Fucking, all right, man. Um, yeah, just, I love it. Um, and like I said, I love how it gets all fucking heavy and punches you in the face and then just goes all mellow and melancholic and then goes all the way to being heavy again. And I mean, the whole band's on fire now. By this point in time, Mickey, Mickey D was no longer in the band, but he did do the drumming on this album. Is you know, 
So. Yeah, he he was he was a session drummer for this record, which is hilarious. Yeah. But Mickey D, a session worker, could you believe that? Well, I mean, he basically what I got out of it was that King was like, "Hey, man, don't leave me hanging." He's like, "Well, I'll record the album with you, but after this, I'm done." And and yeah. he just felt it would be better to do it that way than to have him on the album as if he's the drummer, only to right. you know you know. So it was like, yeah, he had, but uh, yeah, I Mickey D. That guy's played with a bunch of great bands. Holy shit. He's with the Scorpions now. Motorheads, Scorpions, yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. fucking fantastic drummer. And uh, But man, I mean, dude, the, just the guitar work by Andy and Pete is just fucking phenomenal on this, this track oh, and this it's album. It's stupid. Them and Conspiracy has the best guitar work of any King Diamond album. And I, they all have great guitar yeah, work. And, but these are the best two. Yeah, and then I lo- it is that combo. What's the best two? This one and them, or yeah. And then I also love the chugging riff part where the uh, where they make Keenan offer, and I love how the music changes depending on which character is speaking. And I love how King changes his vocals up when he's representing yes. one or the other. Just fucking brilliant, man. Then let us make you an eternal deal. Yep. You will attend to the graves. <laughs> Dude, that shit is so fucking slick. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. You got anything else on... Uh, oh, man, that's pretty much it. Sleepless Nights? Yeah. I got to tell you, I watched a uh, vocal coach react on uh, YouTube, and she was listening, or she was reacting to live mm. King Diamond uh, from like 2015, from that concert video that everybody has. Now, I have it. Can't remember the title of it. But um, he was doing Sleepless Nights. And she was blown the fuck away from the very beginning. I cannot sleep at night. Oh. She hits pause immediately. I know. <laughs> She's man. like, this is incredibly difficult to do. And, and, and another <laughs> thing about him that's amazing is he's not hes not a young man and he still does it. He still does it at a high he's, level. I seen yeah, him just a couple of years ago. That was like 2019, I think. It was right before the pandemic. Uh, dude, I'm so stoked. I've never seen King Diamond any way, shape, Oh, he was amazing, dude. Merciful fate. He was fucking phenomenal. Um, and Uncle Ass and the Deadbeats were fucking awesome, too. So. Well, I've got that concert video, and I've seen it umpteen times, and I can't remember the fucking title of it. But, uh, yeah, cool. absolutely amazing. Great track. What do you think of Lies? Um, okay. I'm going to repeat myself. Another fantastic track. And, and it's really interesting in this part of the story. This is when Keane has to do his therapy session with Dr. Landau. Um, just, again, really cool vocals. Great. Um, the rhythm section of uh, uh, Hal Patino and Mickey D are on fire. And I love um, the, the, the guitar solos. The first one by Andy and then just an incredible one by Pete Black. It's just another stellar uh, track, man. And this is where Keane's basically like, yeah, I'm going to see you, dude, but I'm not going to fucking, you know, you know, right here it says he attends sessions with a therapist named Dr. Landau, who he despises, distrusts, and lies to. Landau suggests letting Keane's mother visit the house of Amon, and Keane reluctantly agrees. So, great, great fucking track. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it Almost feels thrashy, mm-hmm. but it's definitely very European metal. Um, killer guitar work. What I like about King's vocal in this track so much 
is he has that snarly rage the whole time. You know, a lot of times he likes to hit up in those higher registers where he likes to get guttural. And this one, he's very snarly. Mm-hmm. He's very, very snarly. Very much so. And he, I don't... You could feel the disdain oh, yeah, for this like Dr. Landau in this song. Yeah, he hates him, man. Like, he even says, he talks about fucking shoving his stethoscope down his throat. Down his throat. Like, damn. Man. All right, man. Yeah, he can't stand this guy. Um, and interestingly but enough... My mother was at stake, so I behaved. Which is interesting, because if you think about them, he really didn't give two shits about his mom. Now, granted, he was a child. And he was under the influence of those demons. Of yes. them. He was under the influence of them. You know, because it was yes. Missy who kind of broke him out of that. And uh, interestingly by, enough... By dying, unfortunately. This song... Um, it's actually written by King completely. There is no other co-writer. Yes. So, um, great, great track, man. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I couldn't agree more. A Visit from the Dead. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> um, this might be my favorite track on the fucking album. There's one coming up on a couple that's just a little bit better. But what a great fucking song. I love the acoustic guitar work in this fucking song. It comes across almost as if it's trying to be a ballad, but it's not a ballad. And um, lyrically, it's just this very peaceful mood to begin the song. You know, he's talking about the how the flowers are so beautiful. He's at the cemetery, you know, and it's just so peaceful. Mm-hmm. And then you hit that two-minute mark. <laughs> but boy, does it get metal as fuck. <laughs> Throw that acoustic shit right out the fucking door. It gets so heavy. And this is a tune about Missy visiting King. Yes. At the stroke of midnight at the end of his bed. Again, great guitar work by Black and fucking LaRock. Um, ridiculous solos. And Missy gives King a dire warning about something... Ominous coming his way. <laughs> I love this fucking track, dude. Like I said, it could be my favorite. It's probably two or three. Number two or three. All right. Because there's one later that's my all-time favorite on this album. Um, man, it's it's hard for me to pick a favorite track. I love them all. It, it's a good record. Uh, the first track. It's a good fucking record. Sometimes I go, oh, the first track. But, man, I mean, even the second and third one, I mean, it, it just, like, you know... Really, Sleepless Nights might even be... It's hard for me, yeah. Um, but A Visit it, from it the Dead. Tough. All right. Uh, uh, KD and Andy wrote this. Um, I love I loved the beautiful acoustical intro. I love oh, Keen's yeah. vocals on this track. This is the track where Missy comes back to Keen to warn him. Just when you think it's a ballad, it gets all heavy and literally smacks you in your ear hole. Um... It just, um, it almost becomes a different song. Like it's that. Like, yes. But they, but they do it seamlessly. Um, yeah, it, it's not a abrupt change. Yeah, the and, change and, works. and Pete does a blistering solo. Missy proceeds to warn Keen about his impending doom. Just blistering guitar solo by Andy afterwards, and then Keen demands to know what the hell she's talking about. She says, "I will send you a dream." All right, and give us that dream. Written oh, by the, dream, the, the dream, wedding dream. Written by King. <laughs> I love how they use an element of the bridal chorus by Richard Wagner on here. 
And uh, just killer chugging riffs, the rhythm section of Hal Patino on bass and Mickey D on drums. And it's just thunderific on point. It's just an amazing track. And I also love how, like, when he, the way he, again, the way he does his vocals, like, he's all like, you know, all hit my mother's injury in my dream now. And then it's like, but then later, yeah. he's, ah, you know, and then he's realizing, you know, that the doctor's marrying his mom, man. He's like, well, what the fuck is this silly shit, you know? Um, it's just like a, a wedding from hell. He's not digging this dream at all. It really ought to be called the, the, the wedding nightmare as far as he's concerned. Right. Um, you know, uh, you know. again, like I said, you know, that from the previous night or from the previous song, Missy appears to him in a vision and warns him through a dream where he sees Landau marrying his mother. And he ain't digging it at all, man. Uh, what are your thoughts, dude? I, I think, in some ways, I think this might be the best track just because of King's vocal range in it and the way he's singing and just the instrumentation. Just, it, man, the, mu- the musicality is just on point, man. It's an amazing track. It, it, it absolutely is. This has some of the coolest chugging. Yeah. On the album. Maybe that's why I like it so much because, you know, I mean, I love that heavy fucking. Because that's kind of that stop, that stop go thing they're doing. It fucking works. It's a chuggy, it's chugging, but not in an Iron Maiden way. And I don't mean that as a put down with Iron Maiden, but you know how Iron Maiden is. They're very galloping. This is chugging, but it's not galloping. This is more like lumbering. Yeah. Duh, you know, like Frankenstein. Yeah, monster. it's yeah, it's it's fucking nasty, dude. dude. And it, it, it's it's perfect for the material that's being delivered. Oh yes, because he c- cannot stand this fucking therapist that he has oh. to lie to. It's everything that goes against who he is as a person, even after all these years. And but but there they them them are taking control again of his mind. You know, so he really hates this fucking guy. And with Missy showing up, now Missy's on the other side now. Right. So um, who's to say she's not in league with them? Is she really? Because she's warning, she's warning King now. I don't know if she's warning King because Landau is dangerous. I do. I think it's I, them are dangerous. I think she's because she shows him. She shows him the wedding. She's yes. basically trying to tell him, look, dude, you can't trust mom anymore, and you can't trust this fucking doctor you hate. And he's, you know, like, that's what I got out of it. Now, maybe I'm wrong, you, you know, I wish... No, that's that's, that's good analysis. Yeah. See, this is why we have to do these every once in a while. This is what I like about record reviews, as much as I hate doing record reviews. This is what I like about record reviews, is somebody will see something that maybe I didn't see. Right, right. And, but, you know I mean, only, I mean? and that's, that's an interesting Only the team knows for sure, though. But I, that's what that's, I'm speculating. I'm thinking it's more like, yeah. Because, I mean, he's already made a deal with them. So them, they are kind of like, well, fuck, he's on our side. You know, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, so why is Missy warning him? Is Missy anti them or pro them? I think at this point, really... she's pro them. Or she's just there. You think she is? Even though I they killed her, there. but yeah, I don't think she's pro that. But they made it possible for him to contact her, so it's like, well, what's going on there, man? I mean, maybe that's one of the things is that when them kills you, when they kill you, I should say, you become one of them. Maybe, maybe. 
I know it's a great song. Now, if you're not a fan of King Diamond's screechy vocals, you will not like this song because the whole dream, oh, the dream, wedding dream, that's way the fuck Oh, I love there. it, though, He's dude. squeezing the fuck out yeah. of his nuts on that yeah. one. Oh, I love it, too. Let us not be fooled. From there, we go to Amon belongs to them. This is my favorite song on the album. As much as I love the opening track, as much as I love Sleepless Nights, Avon Belongs to Them has so many different elements of metal yes. in it. It has glam metal in it. It has pop metal in it. It has speed metal in it. There's so many great fucking moments in this song, the way they structured it. And... Oh my God, the story, especially when it gets to that chorus. Ma, you don't understand. It's all part of the deal. Right. There's no way I can let him inside, you see. Amen belongs to. Yeah. And then he goes guttural. I know, it's so badass. And then you come into this fucking ridiculous guitar solo. Oh my God, this is the greatest fucking thing on this record. This, why, why this was never a single, I understand Sleepless Nights. I get it. This should have been the single. It's evil. It blends so many different genres of metal in one song. You could feel it. Even the drums. Oh, God, hold on. <coughs> oh, I thought I was going to cough up a lung or puke. Uh, even the drums switch tempos into an almost poppy fucking glam metal type feel. When you're getting into that part where he's singing Ma, you don't understand. I think it's an absolutely dynamite fucking song. Favorite song on the record. I'm right there with you, brother. This is my favorite yes. song. I love this song, man. Uh, I just love everything about it. And I can't really put it any better than you did, dude. I mean, I got loved. I just love the killer riffs, the, the galloping that gallops throughout the song. Uh, yes. Uh, throughout the track, just a phenomenal, amazing guitar solos. I'm repeating myself. I literally wrote that. I'm repeating myself. Like it's like, <laughs> but it's so true. Um, as far as the story goes, of course, mom shows up at the house with the good doctor, or should I say, bad doctor? King tries to right. explain that the house belongs to them, and that he is seeing Missy from time to time. Then mom sticks him with a needle. What the fuck, mom? Yes. Forgot about that stuck with the needle thing. You're he goes, right. oh, I feel the needle piercing my skin, and I'm falling. Yes, I'm falling down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Mom pulled a shitty on him, dude. Yeah. It's not this song. Which one? Oh, I hate that bitch. Is that this song? No, no. That's not this song. Uh, that's okay, coming that's, up. That's, 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 yeah, it's coming up. Uh, next song, um... <laughs> I love the title alone. Something weird. Written by Andy LaRock. Something weird. What do you think? Uh, of just one? a really cool atmospheric instrumental, instrumental that moves the story along. Um, probably my, well, close to being my least favorite track of the album. And I don't mean any disrespect to Andy when I say that because his guitar, I, I think Andy LaRock is an incredible guitar player. I've seen the man live, so I know what I'm talking about. But but it's just, it's, it's one of those like, 
again, it moves the story along so it has a purpose, but it's only like, what, two minutes and so many seconds. It, it is what it is, you know? It, it moves the story along. I, I, I think it's meant to be king under the influence of the drug while he's knocked yes, out. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And it fits with the story of the album. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a really... I mean, I don't know how it happened where whether fucking... You know, Andy was like, hey, Keen, I came up with something weird. And he just started playing it. And, oh, that's the title. And we're going to put it in this album. Or whether it was like, hey, Andy, write me something. You know, my character, you know, the main character, he's been drugged by his mom. He's going through hallucinations and weird shit. Can you write something fucking trippy for me? I would really like to know how that song came about. Because it's cool. Oh, uh, what that would be a dream interview. Oh, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I... Hey, Chris Sinzak, Aaron Camaro, do an album's unleashed on this album, please. Yes, we've we've got a question for you to ask, Mister Diamond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he lives in Texas. We got to get him. Oh, I would um, love to interview yeah. the Kane, man. God. Oh, fuck I got to be honest though, man. It'd be hard because I'd be like, there's just certain people that I revere, so it'd be like I'd probably turn into Chris Farr. I'd be like, you remember, you remember when when, when you you know you said uh, it's time for tea. No, uh, awesome. you did good with Gibson from fucking Exodus, dude. You'd be all right. I'm just <laughs> uh, Something weird. I, I, I got to piggyback you. Um, and I'm going to tell you, after the wedding dream, and I only wrote one sentence for the wedding dream, I didn't write any more notes because this album, like you said earlier, is uh, off mic. We said it in conversation. It's in my DNA. Yeah. I just know this fucking record. Right. I'm like, why am I taking notes on a record I fucking know? Right. Especially when we all know how much I love taking notes. Uh, something weird, beautiful, ethereal. Yes, yes. Strange. Yes. Just a good little instrumental, two minutes long. Yeah, topic. you know, pick pick your adjective. <laughs> you know, a little psychedelic it, it, it's in great. There too. I think as far as like yeah. it's just trippy, man. Which you know, now uh, you'd never think you'd hear the word psychedelic and King Diamond together, but. It happens. You can pick. You can pick pieces out. Come on, Amon belongs to them. I think I hear glam, yeah. in, so you never know. Victimized. <laughs> this is the last solid track yes. on the album, in my opinion. Um, the next two were just things, but holy fuck, this this is some stone cold baller killer shit here. King wakes up. He's fucking in a church, in a coffin. Right. <laughs> with the priest Samael and Dr. Landau's convincing this priest, servant of God, that this is the devil incarnate and he must be burned alive. And the priest is like, fuck it. <laughs> but the music, this is probably the heaviest song on the album, if you ask me, victimized. It's just absolutely fucking brutal. But it's got some Alice Cooper feel the way it does its fucking changes. You know, I, I could almost... Oh, God, what was the song? I, when I was listening to it earlier today, I was like, holy fuck, that's Alice Cooper such and such. And now I can't remember what track that was. But it's got an Alice Cooper vibe mm-hmm. as it's going into the curse about being victimized. Yes. You know, that's got a very Alice Cooper Which, feel. Which, I mean, I, I don't Keen know has why. said more than once that Alice was a big influence on him. So Nice. Then... Hopefully, if I ever get to speak to uh, King Diamond, I can ask him about this. But yeah, it's an absolute banger of a song. The guitar solos, again, we can't stop singing praises to Black and fucking... LaRock, uh, man. Uh, yeah. We, we, we can't. And, and, Andy LaRock is... 
I'm so glad he's back with King Me Diamond too, because dude. that was a dark day for King Diamond. Well, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I'm going to say, and, and, and I'm not taking anything away from Pete Black because uh, nope. he's fucking phenomenal too. And uh, I'm not 100% sure um, if, yeah, you know, if, um, like it, it's funny. I have every King Diamond album, but I have yet to listen to House of God. Like right now, he's got or the Puppet Master. Yeah, he um, he's got Mike Weed as the other guitar, which he's fucking phenomenal too. Um, and he's also well, King's like Ozzy. He doesn't hire slots. Yeah, and he's also the guy who's kind of filling in for um, Michael Dinner on Merciful Fates. So I'll be seeing it. We'll be seeing him again. Or yes. I'll be seeing him again. And, but we're seeing the chick bass player. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, a dude had to pull out for something. I guess he had other obligations. Huh. So he had to bail. So there's a chick bass player. She just arrived at the U.S. yesterday. Oh, cool. But she's from a metal band overseas. so. And you know if King Diamond's got her playing bass, she could throw down. Cool, cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on, dude. Um, but... I just want. I just hope they played a Bell Witch. Yeah, but I is that weird? Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I like that song a lot. <laughs> like probably my favorite Merciful Fate song. Hey, dude, they can play whatever the fuck they want, and I'm gonna be happy because it's Merciful Fate, <laughs> yes. and they've got so many great fuck songs. Yeah. I mean, they were there. Dangerous meaning. There's just so many great fucking songs that I can't wait to hear. Nuns have the most fun. Come on, just, let's just have a good time, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um. What do you think of victimized? Um, again, going to kind of basically echo what you said. I just think it's another amazing track. Um, I do definitely hear an Alice Cooper influence, but hey, it's not a bad thing. And like I said, I've read that that King uh, King Diamond loved Alice Cooper, and I mean, you can kind of see it. I mean, he even wears makeup. It's different from Alice's, but it's definitely you know kind of same. And yes, Gene, it's different from yours yes, too. Yes, Mr. Simmons. Well, I love you, man, but get a grip, dude. Um. Also, his is more corpse paint. Gene Simmons is not corpse paint. It's kabuki makeup. No, it's kabuki, right. yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, dude, just the, I mean, we keep talking about the band and how tight they were, but yeah, just phenomenal musicianship throughout this album. And this is where the shit hits the fan, basically, because uh, the evil doctor is convinced Reverend Samuel to kill King because he is possessed. Ain't that a bitch? Is what I got in my notes, man. <laughs> I know, right? Like, you, could, King, you couldn't man. call in the exorcist or nothing? Just burn him? Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> damn, man. You know, so... Um, and then, of course, we go into Let It Be Done, which is when they literally set poor King on the on, on fire. It's, it's mostly just dialogue with some background music. Who's going to set fire to the coffin? The priest. I think you and your wife to do to be should do it together while i keep the demon inside with my crucifix so it's into the coffin use the torch and then we put the remains into his sister's grave right priest says yes let it be done and that's it man and then of course you got yeah yeah uh, go ahead and I, I i wonder why missy's grave yeah I, I don't know maybe they thought well that's what he would want you know in a weird fucked up way like oh we killed him but you know that's what he would have wanted he would have wanted you know um 
you know, to be with Missy. I don't, I don't know, man. And to be honest with you, I was always hoping he'd do a part three because he swears if you go to Cremation, which is a killer instrumental, whenever the dark is near, I will return from the grave to haunt you, God forsaken, God forsaken, war. and I'm going, yeah, let's fucking have Keen. He joins them, he becomes part of them, and they just proceed to fuck up Doctor Landau and his mom. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it, would it, rise it, from the dead, man, and just fuck. Hell yeah, you know. Yeah, cremation, basically an instrumental, except for that last little spoken word. Uh, I think it's just the way a camera would fade yeah. out with eerie music as you're watching yeah. the coffin burn. You probably never see him get buried next to his sister. Or any oh of no, that no, nonsense. that's why they're doing. This is strictly a fade yep. out. And, you know and, what and, I mean? And I also think that with King, like, I think sometimes when he writes these, even though it's music, he writes it as if it, it's like a musical, like as if it's a um, a movie in mind, you know? And uh, and I've always thought it would be cool to, to maybe even do that. Like, you know, I mean, there's been people that have done things like uh, where they take people's songs or whatever and make musicals out of them. I'm like, why doesn't somebody take one of King's albums? And, or, you know what? I mean, Pink Floyd did it with the wall. Why? I always wanted to see Queensryche turn Operation Mind Crime into a movie. I thought that would have been amazing. Yeah. yeah so uh, you know, it's just a shame it never happened. But I was always hoping that there would be, you know, because I love the wall and I dig the movie too. So I like it when they take great albums and visualize them. I have not a problem with that, and I would definitely love Agreed. to see uh, any of King Diamond's albums brought to to the screen it would be great i i i absolutely think they should be i agree um i'm hard pressed to say this is my favorite king diamond record um i can honestly say it's my most played king oh diamond really record. see then would be that for me but hey this record and a lot of times I, who am i kidding though because a lot of times when i play them i throw in this album too so you know, I'm just going to say, if them's one, this might be 1A or number two. That's fair. That's you know, fair. With me, I'll play Conspiracy alone. Yeah. But if I play them, I've got to hear Conspiracy afterwards. Right. Um, but I, yeah. I love both albums. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I mean, you're talking about a guy who loves Abigail and first. I mean, I just think the first, like I said, I don't think Keen's ever put out a bad record but his first four or five records are just fucking flawless man as far as I'm oh concerned. yeah flawless i i love the eye and i i can't wait till the halloween we decide to do that album because now we get to jump around we don't have to well let's do it next session. halloween then brother well that would be the next album is oh. i was saying we didn't have to do that but but i'm down with it i'm okay or, or we can go back to uh, fatal portrait or do abigail i'm okay. sure abigail people are because it seems to me like that's the album that everybody Oh, it's his masterpiece, and I can't argue with it. No, Abigail is hard like you argue. said. That album fucking scared the fuck out of you. That's how badass uh, that record is. So, uh, yeah, only um, only only thing I ever listened to to go to sleep at night. <laughs> right. It gave me fucking nightmares. That 
Abigail will give you some Kafka dreams <laughs> as a little religious boy yeah. <laughs> of about 15 or so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude. That will give you some Kafka dreams. That and shit. Even, we are gathered here today to lay to rest. And the cover. <laughs> dude, that shit's scary. Even the cover looks me. evil, man. Like, you look at it, yeah, you're the, like, the horses. The stagecoach. You're, like, you're yeah. like, whoa. You know, that's another thing that was always cool about King Diamond, even with Merciful Fate. They always had the coolest covers, dude. Melissa, Don't Break the Oath. I think it's still one of the greatest metal covers ever and what's inside oh, yeah. the album fucking rules too so yeah yeah i uh, man i can't disagree i mean i'm sorry guys yeah. this is you know i wish i could be like the rock and metal combat podcast and be all like divisive but at the end of the day, but you know what i bet even now i, I guarantee you if ralph or ian in, reviewed these albums and I think they may have done them. I know they've done a few King Diamond albums. They would be agreeing with each other. Because King Diamond fucking rules, man. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, he's great. Um, I know for a fact they've done The Graveyard. Yeah. Because that was a good review. Probably the creepiest King Diamond album. Yeah. If you think yeah. about it. Because... I'm still trying to decide if there's some child molestation going I on. I know. There, that's what it feels I... like. That's a creepy fucking record. Yeah. The Eye is scary because King said, because uh, I remember reading this interview uh, uh, back in Metal Edge. Metal Edge or Circus back in the day. Yes, those are magazines for all you young people that listen. Who am I kidding? Young people don't listen. Hey, now. I don't know that. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here, Metal Mike. We got a lot. We got some young fans. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and no women, no women at all. It's, it's a fucking sausage fest around yeah, here. News for you, Metal Mike's got a few female fans. We're going to have to we're going to, have to start re reviewing like Britney Spears or Lady Gaga or something to get some female fans. Um, <laughs> I'd be down to review a Lady Gaga album. Fuck it. What nice. When he was doing the eye, he was doing a lot of research. Everybody hears about the Spanish Inquisition and Torquemada and all that. But people don't concentrate on the French Inquisition that was going on around the same time. Oh, yeah. You know, where where priests were nailing infants to the cross and raping nuns and such. And King, like, wicked researched this information to come up with the album, The Eye of the Witch, The Eye. And, dude, I, I fucking love that record. Love that record. That song, Two Little Girls. Man, me and my buddy almost got killed one night. Teenagers driving home. He's giving me a ride back to my house. And I was like 20 miles away from him. So we're driving. And those little girls, and it said, <laughs> Now let me have it. That motherfucker jerked the wheel because it scared the shit out of him. <laughs> He's like, good God, what is this? <laughs> he, he was digging it up until that point. Yeah. Turn this fucking shit off, man. That's great. He's like, the devil almost made me run into a tree. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that guy, John Finn. I know you don't listen. Went to high school with him. Uh, Army Ranger. Oh. He got blowed the fuck up oh, in Iraq. Man, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, no, he's got all his limbs. He's just, you know, fucked up. You know, as a lot of vets that had those contact issues. Yeah. Uh, but I love that guy, man. Uh, he switched teams on I me. Mean, he used to be a 49ers fan. He swears he was always a Redskins fan. Either way, he's wrong on both counts. Well, you know what? A <laughs> shout out to him, man. Thank you for your yeah, yeah. service to our country, sir. 
Thank you. Yeah, 20 years, man. Married a German girl. He what, He lives in Wisconsin. Why he chose fucking Wisconsin is beyond me. I mean, even Aaron Camaro knew enough to leave that fucking hole. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to go back to Germany. I think that's where he'll truly be happy. That's where I would be the most happy. That's, where I, that's why I don't go and visit. Because yeah, I, I would become an illegal immigrant. Well, you know what? I want to go to Germany just to see the Wacken Metal Festival. The Wacken Festival would be fucking... Fuck yeah, open air. Fuck yeah. Fucking amazing. Fuck. And, you know, I wouldn't mind meeting a, a, a Frau or a Fraulein or two. Uh, yeah, Fraulein. Fraus are married. Don't, you don't want to mess a... Eh, you don't want to, no, you don't want to meet a Frau. Oh, I meant Fraulein. Fraulein. Fraus are married. Fraulein. You're right. That's Mrs. Yes. Yeah, Fräulein, Fräulein Maria, remember? <laughs> Sound of music. Yeah, or, or <laughs> you know, Fräulein Ravenwood. Let me show you what I'm used to. <laughs> Fucking Raiders of the Lost Ark, dude. Yes. <laughs> yes, I fucked up there. But, you know, hey, man, I mean, you know, any any German husband that ain't home, or maybe maybe it'll be a German couple that has an open relationship. Hey man, I just I just want to fuck a. I've never fucked a German chick. I want to do that before I die. I gotta hit up Claudia Schiffer you know, or a Heidi Klum. I, I I met a German girl. Oh, God, she was cute. She was flirting with me too. She kept rubbing my head because it was all shaved. It was Slayer show. She was like, "Ah, oh, look at the head." She's. I'm like, "Oh, oh, you, <laughs> Fraulein." She's like. Down. Middle Mike's like, oh, I'm about to fuck Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't give a fuck. She's <laughs> fucking cute, dude. And with that accent... He's Austrian anyway. You know, with that accent, she was hot. I fell in love, man. As I have many times over the years. You know, I think you can even love someone from afar, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed our latest episode, our Halloween episode, man. We're definitely going to be... You know, and, and Merciful Fate, King Diamond is a wealth of material to do reviews and do. It's great for content, for Halloween content. It's perfect. King Diamond rules. Like I said, I'm really excited to be seeing Merciful Fate. I cannot wait. I've never seen them, so this is a bucket list thing for me. And I get to see Creator on top of it. Fucking right, man. And they weren't having a show in St. Louis, so I'm like, well, <clears throat> If the mountain won't come to Muhammad, Muhammad's going to come to the mountain. And that is what's going on, man. I, I think we're going to go see that on November 3rd. Me and Kane, DJ Kane, or the once and future DJ Kane. I need to get him back in the station. I keep saying I'm going to, and I haven't done it yet. We're going to fucking um, get... We're, we're taking a road trip, man. We're going to stay a couple of days and, and uh, you know... It should be fun. It's just going to be being Kane. It's going to be a metal adventure, man. Me and the Crusader of Metal on a road trip. Just me and him, man. Because, uh, I mean, I've taken Kane to a lot of shows. And Kane's even went on trips with me. Kane's been on a few trips. But this is probably the first time we're, well, probably since when he was a kid, I did take him to a couple of the Chicago Wizard World conventions. But, yeah, me what is it? What is that? Harry Potter? No, Wizard World was a comic book thing. It was comics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, like a like a comic con. Yeah, it was. It was the world. It, well, Chicago Wizard World Comic Con. It was just the Chicago Comic Con, and then Wizard, which was this magazine, bought it and changed the name. So basically, oh, okay. essentially, it's the Chicago Comic Con, which is probably 
maybe the second or third biggest comic book convention after, you know, you got San Diego and New York has a huge one and then probably Chicago Comic Con. But I took Kane and he was still pretty young twice to those and that and then but this is the first so this will be the first trip since then where it's just me and him. So I'm really really looking forward to it. You know, like I said, I think King Diamond and Merciful Fate, it's just a fucking wealth of content for Halloween-centric. Yes. So, everybody out there, happy Halloween. Be safe, man. Have fun. I'm even thinking, I've been invited. It's kind of last minute, so I'm like, fuck, I'm going to have to fucking try to find a mask or something to fucking wear. Um, But, uh, I, uh, um, yeah, this Saturday, man, I've been invited to a costume party, so I think I'm going to attend. Nice. Yeah, so, no, a buddy of mine. In fact, he was there with us on the show, Mopar Man. You might have heard me mention him. It's Eric. Yeah. 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 I, he's like a brother. I mean, literally, his family and my family were very close. We used to do family vacations together. Like we were really, really tight. Nice. So he, he's my boy, man. That's awesome. Yep. So. Well, I tell you what, I got a costume idea for. Oh yeah. You'll be the sexiest motherfucker in that place. Oh, good lord! What? You got to get yourself some contact lenses. I've got contact lenses. Preferably a shade close to green. Okay, I don't. I can't do that. I've only got. Dye your beard brown. Oh, good lord! Go as fucking bushy. Yeah, motherfucker out there. Okay. Well, I don't. I I don't know. Maybe if I shave around here. You don't have to shave your head. Bushy don't shave his head no more. Skull it, baby. Yeah, but you're more bald on top than I am, which is saying something, because I'm pretty thin, as you can see. Oh, yeah, it's bad. It's bad, see? All right. So, anyway, man, um, uh, plug of the week. Uh, what, do you, what do you got, dude? Why don't you... We're still doing that? Why don't you... Uh, I know what you should plug. You just bought it. What I should? Yeah, yeah you just bought it. Album. The new Striper album. That's your plug of the week. Yeah. Give it a try. Um, the the artwork's fucking amazing. You got Christ on a white horse with a crown. Lightning shooting out of his eyes like Thor. I don't remember that in the Bible, but yeah, you know, whatever. And then you got the four guys from Striper. Obviously steroided up. <laughs> but it's a cool album cover. It's called The Final Battle. Um, great artwork, great band photos. Man, the record... I've got to give it a few more listens. As of right now, it's not nearly as good as the last four, but it's still better than the early stuff. Right on, man. Which is weird. So yeah, check that out. Well, I mean, that, that's the one thing I've and fuck that Skid Row I've, album. I've, <laughs> the one thing I have, uh, have understood is Stripers kind of kind of in a renaissance, man. Where they're the shit they're putting out now, and and there's uh, and two other bands I think that are doing that, and they're not. In the same, well, they're they're metal, but uh, I would have to say Death Angel and Exodus, man. I think some of their new stuff is just as good as any of their classic albums, and it sound maybe better. And it sounds like that's what's going on with Striper overall. I know you said you were a little kind of eh on this album, but the, you said the four or five before it were fucking. Well, this album, I'm not eh on. I'm just it didn't grab me the way those last four. Right. Those last four were like, oh shit. You know, it's like, oh, oh, fuck. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you know, right. they were just good. You know, and this one, it just didn't grab me that way. Maybe I didn't listen to it at volume. Maybe I wasn't in the right mindset. 
Uh, that's why I'll still, I'm, I'm with you. I'll go ahead and promote that album. Uh, go out and buy it. I did. Fucking 50 bucks for this bitch. <laughs> but uh, hey, it's Striper and I love those guys. So fuck it. If I can put two cents in their pocket, I'm going to do it. All right, man. Um, well, my plug, I just got this in the mail the other day and uh, got the digital download. Got it from Bandcamp. It's a band I think I've mentioned before. They're kind of a stoner, psychedelic rock metal band you could even throw some they got some doom elements too i mean ruby the hatchet <laughs> every time you you talk like that all i can think of is that movie airheads that brendan fraser tried to describe the sound but they're really cool dude um fear is a cruel master is the name of the album that's a badass album oh cover. look at the back dude it's total horror oh that's sick and then i've got a a, a little booklet that came with it which uh it, they, they got a female singer by the name of Jillian Taylor, um, and then Johnny Scarps Jr., Owen Stewart, Sean Conher, and Lake Muir, um, and Klaus, their dog. They have a dog, Klaus. Um, and uh, it's <laughs> he's a Siberian husky. I yeah, see just it. really, really cool um, <laughs> band. Very, very. Um, they're just, tr just a cool band. I mean, look at the color of the vinyl. How badass is that? Oh, it's like nice. A red, almost. Red with the black marble yes. kind of thing. It's like my yellow with the black marble in there, yeah. And uh, just beautiful packaging. I'm very, very happy with the record and the album. And uh, I'm uh, looking forward to bringing it to my brother Mark so he can put it on his turntable. I just watched Metal Mike slide that dirty, dirty record into that silky silky <laughs> sleeve it was hot <laughs> glad you liked it you know anyway man that's that's my plug ruby hatchet check them out yeah ruby the hatchet and uh ruby the hatchet yeah, ruby the hatchet yeah and um also uh make sure you check out all the amazing djs at that metal station.com so that's it Oh yeah, Savage Annie is back. I know she's coming she'll be back, back Halloween night. Halloween night, awesome. You're looking forward to that, and uh, I'm glad she's back. And uh, yeah, man, I just want to say thank you for everybody who supports that metal station because we truly admit it, uh, appreciate it, and this podcast, of course. And basically, that's all I got to say, man. Do you have any final thoughts, brother? Uh, yeah, my final thoughts are always the same. Buy vinyl. You know what? Keep fighting the good fight. Stay metal, motherfuckers. Ozzy bless. <laughs> I really thought he would pick it up and say, see you next time, but I guess that's on me. You guys be good. See you next time. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it, too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go But hey, I say, well that's okay Cause we'll see you very soon, I know Very soon, I know What the fuck is this shit? This is how we say goodbye on The Plug See you next week
Keep in mind 